This is City 97.3 FM. You are welcome to the auto show. Motoring education for trouble-free motoring experience. I'm Eddie Poku, your host. The auto show is brought to you by Total. Total Quartz 9000 Future. Total Quartz Nation Movement today. We are waging a fight against COVID-19 that it sometimes seems the world is losing out. But if history has anything to teach us, humanity always wins. Today, we are going to delve deeper and continue our discussion on COVID-19. Total cares about you so much that we are dedicating the show today also to COVID-19 education. Please send your questions ahead via WhatsApp 054-998-6996 or email us at total.autoshow at gmail.com. Um, today we are going to have Dr. Ni Naughty Hansen Naughty of Orum Institute. He's our expert. He's joining us by phone and uh, we're going to have a very good discussion. Hello, Doc. Hi. Good afternoon, Eddie. Doctor, you are welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Eddie. Good. Doc, ca- can you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, okay. So I'm a physician by training. Um, that's to say I'm a, I'm a doctor, a medical doctor. I specialize in the area of public health epidemiology with uh, uh, interest in infectious diseases. So... Uh, specifically in the area of disease control of TB, HIV, and other infectious diseases. It means that this That's topic. It means this topic of COVID nineteen falls very much in your domain. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's, all right. It's, it's an area where I am. I'm very interested. Okay. So, doc, can you give us the main characteristics of communicable diseases? Well, when we talk about communicable diseases, just like the word communicable means uh, tells us these are diseases that communicate from one person to another or from one organism one uh, living organism to another living organism so for us as human beings we are more interested in how communicable diseases move around us as you want from human to human in recent times 
we have become very much more interested in how communicable diseases or these infections move from animals to humans. Animal to human infections. Humans infections and how these uh, the, these uh, or what the complications of, of these uh, move jump from human beings also from animals into humans results in human beings or in the human population and that's exactly we're seeing one very classic example in the COVID nineteen outbreak. Okay. All right. Doctor, um, so I know you've done quite a bit of work with meningitis, with TB, and now we have COVID-19. What are the similarities and differences between these three? Okay. Basically, let's start from what causes the, what causes the infection. Okay. So, many uh, tuberculosis is caused by a bacterium. Okay. A bacterium called mycobacterium tuberculosis. Okay. Meningitis, there are different types. Some are caused by bacteria. Some are caused by viruses. And so depending on the type of meningitis it is, you can see whether it's a bacterial meningitis I think or it's a viral meningitis. I think the meningitis that we have uh, up north is a meningitis mellitus, right? Is a Neisseria meningitis. Neisseria meningitis is a bacterium. Okay. Okay. And then we have the COVID nineteen, which is actually caused by a virus. Okay. So somebody will ask, what's the difference between bacteria and virus? Yeah. So if you look in the structure of living organisms, the humans are put at the very top. And then as you go down animals, and then you go down to microorganisms. So first the microorganisms are the things we see that naked eye, mm-hmm. human beings, animals, worms, and all that. Those are the macroorganisms, if you put it that way. Mm-hmm. And then the microorganisms are the organisms that cannot be seen with the naked eye. Mm-hmm. So you need uh, some amount of magnification in order to be able to, to see identify them. or see them. Yes, so those are the microorganisms. And the microorganisms that we have uh, parasites. So these are organisms, they are, they are the larger microorganisms. And a typical example is what causes malaria, mm-hmm. the plasmodium parasite. Mm-hmm. And then you have the bacteria. And the bacteria also have the various sizes of bacteria. So a typical bacteria is what causes tuberculosis, mycobacterium tuberculosis. You have staphylococcus, you have uh, Neisseria, all causing, uh, these are all bacteria. Okay. And then you have the viruses, which tend to be the smaller uh, organisms. Okay. Viruses are uh, in it. They're, they're sort of, we don't always consider them as a, uh, living organisms, Organism. sort of, because they, they seem to have just a DNA content and then put things all around them. Mm-hmm. And they actually need other living organisms in order to, to survive. survive. Okay. In, in order to survive. If you compare bacteria and viruses, bacteria usually tend to be one-cell organisms. Okay. And then the viruses are sub-cellular organisms. So that means that the, the viruses are smaller than one cell. They are not even up to one cell. They are not even up to one cell. You can equate it to the nucleus of a bacteria. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically the, the differences between between these. And the parasites are multicellular. So there are several cells that make up the parasites. Okay. All right. Doc, um, which, which of these is the most dangerous? Every one of them is dangerous. Okay. <laughs> every one of them is dangerous because every one of them can kill. Okay. When they cause disease in a in a human being, and then the disease is severe enough, and, for, and the human's body is unable to fight it, then it can kill. Oh. So you cannot say that this is more dangerous than. It. But it's just that with the technology we have now, we tend to be able to manage a lot of. Uh, 
larger microorganisms mm -hmm. more easily than the smaller microorganisms. So viruses have tend to become more evasive mm -hmm. and more difficult to handle because of the technology we have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What are the, the, the okay, so um you have um, given us the differences between uh, viruses and bacteria. Um, who is most most at risk when we talk about COVID-19 virus? The, the simplest answer is everyone is at risk. at risk. Every human being is at risk of getting infected with the COVID-19. There's nobody who can say 100% that I am immune from getting the COVID-19 virus infection. Okay. All right. Yeah. We even have situations, but there, there's some documentation coming out of China and South Korea where people who had been infected, they had a disease, were treated were and cured. declared cured. Have been have been reinfected. Infected. With yes, yeah. infected with the virus. So really, everybody is at risk. And the fact that you've had it once doesn't mean you cannot get it a second. A second time. time. Okay. All right, Doc. Um, we understand that people with underlying health conditions are the most at risk of death. Um, with a uh, COVID nineteen, I mean virus. It's when we look at the statistics that we are. Uh, um, amassing now, it looks like um, usually it is those who are elderly and those who have some underlying health condition that are most at the risk of death. Why so? Is there any particular reason? Okay, so yes, we, we are all learning a lot more from the virus uh, over time. Mm -hmm. One thing that is becoming obvious is that, is that people with underlying chronic health conditions mm -hmm. generally tend to have weaker immune systems okay. and their ability to manage disease stress mm -hmm. tends to be weakened and so when they get the COVID-19 virus disease mm -hmm. what happens then is that the stress and the, the stress of the body responding to the infection in order to be able to fight it off, mm -hmm. becomes compromised. And that's, it is that stress that leads to other complications and ultimately they die off. Oh. So we are seeing that it is not the virus that is directly killing them, mm -hmm. but people are dying from the complications related to the virus infection. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, look, how does COVID spread? Um, that is unique from other viruses. Is, is there, does it have a unique pattern of spreading that makes it unique from other viruses? Okay. We are still learning. Let me say that we are still learning. And, yeah. and, and I think that is, that is a very important. But since COVID-19, the... And the, the the virus that causes the disease called COVID-19 mm -hmm. is the virus called the SARS-CoV-2. Mm -hmm. The SARS-CoV, the uh, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome co-virus number two. Number two. So the SARS, yeah, the SARS-CoV, because there's a number one, that, uh, the, uh, the earlier mm -hmm. SARS outbreak that occurred in uh, yeah, 2003. Yeah. Yeah. So... The, the number two virus, which we just identified, and the diseases causes in 2019, mm -hmm. led to the, the COVID, name COVID-19. COVID okay. So this virus originally is a typical flu virus. Mm -hmm. So being a typical flu virus, it is observed to be transmitted through droplets, airborne uh, droplets that are released from the mouth and nose when people with a viral infection cough, sneeze, uh, are talking, anything that is coming out of their airway mm -hmm. with moisture in it, that is moisturized, so droplets, air droplets, mm -hmm. 
would carry some amount of the viral particles. Okay. So that we know, and so that is that has been all the controversy related to the use of face masks and not to use the face mask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, as a typical flu virus, because of it 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 is it, uh, released in the droplets, then whenever these droplets settle on any object and the, the moisture dries off, you leave the viral particles on the surface. And so that is why touch becomes a very important means of transmitting the virus. The virus. Okay. However, we have also observed that, or there's some emerging evidence that is showing that it's possible that some of the viral particles remain suspended in the air. In the air. Yes. And so, because they remain suspended in the air, mm-hmm. if anybody is exposed to the virus, whilst it is the viral particles, whilst it is suspended in the air, mm-hmm. there's a possibility that that person can breathe in the viral particle into their airway and the viral particles can get established and cause disease okay. in their airway. Okay. So that is why that is why all these other things are coming up. But these are all learnings that are emerging, theories that are emerging mm-hmm. gradually over time. But we will get to as as, as the disease outbreak evolves, we will actually get to learn more and through scientific measurements that is doing experiments and documenting. Uh, what is happening, we'll be able to confirm how all these things happen over time. Okay. Doc, uh, can you walk us through again the the symptoms of um, COVID-19? I mean, there are a lot of information um, flowing around, but we want to get a first hand from you. Um, What are the symptoms of COVID-19? Okay. So, the most important symptoms of COVID-19 are symptoms that are related to respiratory, uh, a typical respiratory, uh, or a typical upper respiratory tract infection. So that is to say, a typical flu. Mm-hmm. Symptoms are similar to a typical flu. So you are likely to have a fever. Mm-hmm. You are likely to have some headaches. Mm-hmm. You are likely to have a cough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you are likely to have some difficulty in breathing and shortness of breath. Right. However, uh, we also observe that because of the extensive nature of the disease mm-hmm. that the virus causes, some uh, people who progress on from mild disease to severe disease mm-hmm. end up maybe with pneumonia. Okay. Of the, that is to say, for, uh, severe lung infections. Mm-hmm. We have also observed some very interesting signs and symptoms. Some people have deco- the documented loss of a sen- of sense of smell. Smell. Loss of sense of smell. So you realize that pe- the people who are one of the initial things is that they are unable to smell, they lose their sense of smell. Okay. Which is very interesting. It's not typical. Okay. And then uh, the, the bodily pains that is related to the uh, typical flu infection. So you generalize bodily pain, my, what you call myalgia, or all those related to the disease. These are all things that a person with a disease will complain about. Okay. All right. Um, what about children? Are they at, um, what, what is their level of risk when it comes to COVID? Okay. Truth be told, everybody is at risk. So mm-hmm. children are also at risk. Yeah. Interestingly, interestingly, what we are seeing is that we are seeing less severe disease in children. Mm-hmm. We are seeing less severe disease. It doesn't mean children are not, are not at risk. Okay. Okay, so because some children, initially people thought children were not getting infected, mm-hmm. but we are seeing infections in children, in young people, in uh, adults, and in the elderly. Mm-hmm. So the, 
the outbreaks in Italy and the U.S. have taught us that all the whole spectrum of humans are at risk okay. of getting the disease. Oh, is it because the children have a stronger immune system? That is why probably when they contract COVID nineteen, they don't get very serious complications. Um. Perhaps, but I, I won't. I won't stick my head out fully for that. Okay. <laughs> I think these are still learning things that we are learning more about the, the mm. disease. So I won't stick my head out uh, completely for that. Okay. Most importantly, if we are doing whatever we are doing, we should try to do it to prevent getting the disease for all of us. Okay. All right. We have heard a lot about um, um, coronavirus. People are claiming there are so many. Uh, there's so much information going around on the interwebs um, claiming that um, it was created in a lab to force us to give in to tracking of implants and what no what what do you say to this it is it's one of the uh, numerous controversies that is going up around mm-hmm. and uh, we cannot, we cannot always take our head out, our necks out, and say that, oh, we know for sure, mm-hmm. until there is there's evidence. concrete evidence. There's concrete evidence. We just want to stick. We just want to say that. Well, so far, what we know is that this is a virus that typically exists in animals mm-hmm. and is likely to have crossed over into human beings. There, yes, as science evolves mm-hmm. and as we try to learn about diseases all around us, mm-hmm. we are learning how to protect ourselves from all these microorganisms, especially viruses as they emerge now. Mm-hmm. It is always possible that science can go rogue or science can go bad mm-hmm. and something can happen and you can, so you can, in the process of trying to develop a vaccine or trying to develop something or trying to learn about the virus, the virus may have jumped and crossed uh, barriers into humans. Mm-hmm. It is possible. But for now, we don't know. I, I, I won't stick my, my neck out and say that I am sure. So then there's all this conspiracy story about 5G and all that uh, as much as possible. I, I wouldn't want to stay in those areas. I think that we have it, to it just... It sounds interesting. Yes. It, it, just sound, it sounds extremely exciting Excellent. and too good to be, too sweet yes. and too exciting knowledge <laughs> to know that, oh, it's possible. I mean, and, and, and there are all sorts of videos running around, but yes. as a scientist, I, I want to be very conservative for and, now. And, be, and believe in the science. <laughs> and believe in the science until I know for sure yeah that this is what has happened yes oh, okay of course we know science can go rogue yes we don't dispute that fact. yes science can go rogue. but i think that the, the the emphasis now should be on um we learning so much so that we can protect ourselves from infection and also to make sure it's under control exactly so let's take the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. from what we are experiencing now in order to prepare for the future okay. it is not about if Mm-hmm. If another outbreak will happen, mm-hmm. it is more about when the next outbreak will happen. Okay. And should be better prepared with the learning that we have learned on this, with this particular outbreak. Okay. When the next outbreak is. All right. Um, we heard about um, the success of the of, of the um, the specialist at Noguchi uh, Memorial Noguchi. Institute in sequencing the COVID nineteen strain. What is the yes. significance to us lay people? Okay, so the good news is that by sequencing what we have in Ghana, mm-hmm. we have been able to prove that the original strain that started in uh, Wuhan mm-hmm. has gone around the world and has ended up in Ghana. In Ghana, okay. To, to, yes. to, to, that is to say that what we have in Ghana is not something different. It's not something different. Good. So this means that whatever learnings have been learned in trying to manage the disease in Wuhan can be applied. If we if it can be applied to Ghana. Okay. And whatever things that we also learned in Ghana while trying to work on the 
on the, on the outbreak mm -hmm. can be applicable to other places that have a similar strain okay. in the world. Okay. So that that is, that is, that is the evidence, and and it helps us also. It helps us to go to then begin to apply themselves mm -hmm. because these things don't just happen mm -hmm. in the lab. Scientists are always working on possibilities. Mm -hmm. What do we have? What medicines do we have? If a virus, if, if this disease outbreak started, mm -hmm. do we have any a spectrum of medicines we can use to treat? Mm -hmm. So they will be continuously working on all these things. Mm -hmm. So the day the story, the day the outbreak begins, mm -hmm. it is possible that some of the learnings that have occurred, we have the opportunity now to begin to apply in our setting in Ghana. Great. So it is good that our people have been able to document this. And it will work in our favor as we do more research okay. to to address the outbreak. Yeah. Okay. Does this hint of um of an of a, of a vaccine being um, um invented or created? Well, with the way disease outbreaks are going mm -hmm. these days, who knows that there's there's a possibility that we would get to a situation where the best means of controlling or preventing ourselves from getting these diseases and outbreaks mm -hmm. will be to have vaccines. Okay. If you look at the science behind uh, disease prevention and control, mm -hmm. vaccination is the ultimate. Okay. So you vaccinate and then the body is already prepared to counteract the disease when the, when the person is exposed yes, to the disease. Okay. Yes. Um, doctor, can you give us a rough idea? Let's say if when a, um, um, a, a disease like this comes out, can you give us a rough idea of how long it takes for um, all the necessary things to be done, testing, human testing, and uh, uh, for a vaccine to come out? Hmm. It's a difficult question. Yeah. With modern science, with, with the way modern science is going these days, mm -hmm. um, some people are claiming they will be, they are able to synthesize vaccines mm -hmm. in the shortest possible period. We've already had claims that some people say they already have vaccines. Are, have vaccines. But you, you don't just get up and say, I have a vaccine, so mm -hmm. line up 1,000 uh, one, 1, people and let me vaccinate them. Mm -hmm. No. It must go through a trial process. process. It, even when even when we decide to do what is called compassionate use, mm -hmm. that is to say there's a disease outbreak that is causing so much havoc, we need to be able to yeah, stop it fast. And so if we want to try uh, what we have done or the supposed solution we have, you don't just get up and go and use it directly on human beings. You still have to go through some trial on animal models, on animals, and, be, and then you go through a few cycles of testing before you begin to talk about human beings. Okay. Because the cost of a human life so is, is so much, is so high that you cannot just do anything. You can't use human beings for experiment, literally. Okay. You cannot use human beings for experiment. So basically, what we are looking at is that we have to concentrate in um, protecting ourselves, keeping the infections under control, because the um, a vaccine is not is not coming out anytime soon. Yes. Great. Yes. I, I, you know, I saw a very funny picture. Mm -hmm. Somebody had written something and said that. This simple virus that they say washing your hands can kill with soap it. and water can kill it. We don't have medicine for it. Mm -hmm. And it, it struck me really hard. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if we do the right things, mm -hmm. if we do all the preventive things properly, mm -hmm. we surely would be able to overcome the, the disease. We don't need a vaccine or medicine mm -hmm. if we only we will do the right preventive the measures okay 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 um there is talk of uh chloroquine 
There's talk of yes. chloroquine, the use of chloroquine to control it. Is it the chloroquine we know or is it a different kind of chloroquine? It's a, it's a, it's a different uh, type of chloroquine. It's like a modified type of chloroquine. Okay. That's why that one is called hydroxychloroquine. The typical chloroquine we know which is used for uh, malaria treatment is chloroquine phosphate. That is different from what we have. This hydroxychloroquine is something that is used for autoimmune disorders. Yes, so right. these are uh, a different class of diseases that uh, in some ways like your body is rejecting its its own cells so destroying the body. yeah and that is what hydroxychloroquine is likely used for okay All right. it's been suggested yes there's some documentation that hydroxychloroquine works interestingly interestingly this week i saw a glimpse of a paper I think coming from somewhere in Europe, mm-hmm. where they say they are disputing the fact that hydroxychloroquine works for people with COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't have the opportunity to read it thoroughly, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a little scary okay. when you get when we get such such things popping up at us in our faces. It is a little scary. Okay, okay, doc. I have two questions from uh, from our WhatsApp line, so I'll take them. Then we continue. Um, he says, um, this is from Eugene in Empire. So, and he says, hi, please. I heard doctor mention that smaller viruses are more difficult to manage because of the technology we have now. Uh, he's asking why so. Then um, the second question, he says, um, this is by Mauli from Tema. He says, uh, he wants us to educate him on CSM. Okay, so we'll do the CSM a little bit later towards the end of the show. Uh, doctor, so um, Eugene's question, can you help us? Of course. Um, the viruses are smaller, mm-hmm. much, much smaller. They, are, they evolve around what we call nanoparticles. Okay. So they are about the size of uh, one meter uh, or one over 10 raised to the power nine meter. So these are very, very small Super tiny. Uh, particles super tiny so it's not easy to see them to even to be able to deal with them mm-hmm. okay so that is why it, it, it's a little more difficult to, to deal with them mm-hmm. immediately it means but that you gradually as our, as our technology improves we will get better at dealing with them it means that you can't even see them with a normal uh, microscope probably you need yes. a, a micron is it micron yeah, yeah, electron microscope. Electron microscope. Electron yeah. microscope. Okay, all right. Okay, Eugene, I hope your question is answered. Um, okay, so we continue. He said, um, what is the significance? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm now talking about um, bringing the discussion home. We've been talking about testing. What is the significance of our very high level of uh, testing in Ghana? I believe we are about uh, number two in terms of the yes. number of tests. Uh, what was the significance? Yeah. What's the importance of um, the test? So, because because we don't know what we are dealing with, because we uh, even people with the infection will take a while to manifest full blown disease. Mm-hmm. It is very important to actively go around and find anybody who has been exposed mm-hmm. by finding these people and separating them from the general population, we're able to reduce the number of people who are well, who could have been exposed to these people without necessarily knowing. Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you look at how the disease, the infection spreads, consider you coming from, uh, let's say, let's say you live in, 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 in airport residential area, mm-hmm. and you decide to go to Laboni to go and buy watches. Mm-hmm. And then, Remember, once you get to the watches spot at Laboni, mm-hmm. you would have somebody coming from Dansoman, somebody coming from Musu, somebody coming from Circle, everybody coming to come and buy watches. If one of one of these uh, customers has the infection and infects any of these people coming to buy watches, mm-hmm. each of them will go back to their community without knowing they have been infected. Okay. And they would also start become focus of infection and begin to infect other people, other people. in their country. So, so you would have come from, let's say, airport, given it, let's say, you transmitted to the person who was Laboni. Mm-hmm. And then this Osu, 
person will go to Usu and go and start transmitting the infection to people in Usu. Okay. Without even knowing he's met you. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that is the severity of how the disease gets transmitted. Okay. Uh, sorry, the, the, the virus gets transmitted. That is why it is important to quickly identify anybody who has been exposed to the or who has the, the, the virus oh, and people who are exposed so that we can we can separate them. So that's the essence of quarantine and isolation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. We, we're separating them from the general population so that they will keep the disease to themselves and then do go through the sickness or whatever and then over time the virus gets cleared or we cure them or whatever. We declare them as non-infectious. Which, whichever anymore. one comes first. We declare them as non-infectious anymore, okay. and then we can release them back to be part of the community. Okay, okay. Um, Doc, um, today we have received reports of 83 people cured. Um, before that, it was, I think, one person or two people cured. Um, in this particular um, um, pandemic, when we say somebody has been cured of COVID-19, what does it entail? Okay, so... The person was tested mm-hmm. for the first time, and we identified that the person had the virus. Mm-hmm. And then they may have had symptoms or may not have had symptoms. Mm-hmm. Then they may have progressed to uh, active disease, whether it's mild disease or severe disease. Mm-hmm. And then we provided them with some medications and some care, medical care. Mm-hmm. And then they have gone through the active phase of the disease. Mm-hmm. They have the body has suppressed the viral uh, shedding. So we did a find a second testing, and now they don't have any virus. So literally, the body has cleared all the virus. Okay. So in that situation, we now consider them as having been cured, okay. and they can be released to go out into the, into the general, general public. Population. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's a question for you, Doctor. It says um, um, from James Enaya in uh, Ashaiman. James says, um, "How often do these outbreaks happen? I learned it happens every hundred years." Uh, he's asking <laughs> if you can uh, corroborate that. Well, um, there th- th- there seems to be a certain trend mm-hmm. that is supporting that that. Uh, our 100 years ago, mm-hmm. that is around uh, 1914 to 1918, we mm-hmm. had the Spanish flu mm-hmm. that occurred. And then uh, going backwards, you've had the bubonic plague mm-hmm. and all those things. So, well, of course, every 100 years, there's always a likelihood that about every 100 years, something major will happen in the world. Yeah. Okay, so, well, uh, for now, it's a, it's a theory we are yet to fully validate. Okay. But at least every hundred years, something will happen to okay. the world, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So, doctor, let's talk about uh, what we've been talking about the testing. There's this. Um, um, I I was watching a documentary the other day. I think on DW or um, France Twenty Four, and uh, they were talking about uh, in some jurisdiction they have a, a, a rapid testing device like those malaria things that uh, or, or similar to the pregnancy testing that you put um, uh, bl- um, uh, drops of blood on it and within seconds yes yeah um, yeah is, is there a device like that yes a few a few rapid diagnostic tests mm-hmm. uh, have been developed okay they are all in, in testing mm-hmm. i mean without necessarily sounding uh as if I'm promoting any organization. Okay. There are there are a few organizations that have blazed their trail in research, mm-hmm. and uh, they have uh, we have one organization, one company that has come up with. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names. No, don't, hold on to the name. <laughs> <laughs> that has come out with a with a test with a, a, a rapid test that can identify the virus in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that that's good and. Uh, uh, that's that, uh, uh, a PCR-based test okay. which so, the U.S. government has. has and then okay. there are a few supposed antibody tests okay. which seems to have been developed from Asia, from China and uh, South Korea because of 
because because for they also identified a sequence okay. of the, the genome of the of the, of the virus, virus. so they're able to use it to okay. develop so just like a, a scientist in which you have have okay. identified we also use that to develop a rapid diagnostic stage that will help us to identify antibodies and then quickly oh, okay. it, it becomes a rapid testing tool for us but the question i want to ask in in regards to that is are, are they effective Yes, it shows that your body has been exposed. The rapid diagnostic test actually shows that your body, your body has been exposed to the virus. Mm-hmm. So, it will, the rapid diagnostic test would actually identify your body's antibodies. Mm-hmm. Antibodies; these are cells that uh, are used. That, uh, the body releases in order to go to find right. these are chemicals within your body that the, the body will release when you get exposed to a, a disease to okay. fight off the disease. Okay. So it will measure the presence of those antibodies. So it becomes more like a proxy mm-hmm. to identify that you have the disease. Okay, so, so definitely, if you are in high numbers beyond a certain cutoff point, then it will it will indicate okay. on the test kit, and then we can confirm that yes. Okay, so if I use any of these devices, I don't need to do any further um, testing. Yes, if it is certified to, if it is proven. If that device so is before, proven. yeah, so before that that rapid diagnostic test is released on the market, mm-hmm. it will be tested to see that it, it it's by saying if the, the, the rapid test says it is positive, mm-hmm. it is equivalent to identifying the virus itself in your blood mm-hmm. or in the in, in your airway. That is why then we confirm that of course the test the rapid test that you are doing. It's a good marker of disease. Okay. So then we'll confirm and then we'll give you that that, that uh, rapid consistent will be confirmed to be used. Okay, Doctor, we'll let me just read my announcement and we'll get back to the discussion. So just okay. hold on the line. Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20. Total Petroleum is continuously innovating and delivering better energy solutions that bring you value. Introducing a new addition to the Total Quartz range, the Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20, a fully synthetic energy economy engine oil, specifically formulated with age-resistant technology for the latest generation engines that require 0W20 or a viscosity grade in its class. The Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20 reduces your fuel consumption, increases your oil change interval, ensures excellent engine protection and cleanliness, protects control systems, and reduces the release of harmful emissions into the environment. The Total Quartz 9000 Future GF50W20 delivers beyond performance. Total Quartz engine oil, keep your engine younger for longer. Um, you can still send in your questions via WhatsApp 054-998-6996. Hello, doctor, are you there? Okay, we have another yes, um, uh, we have another um, message from WhatsApp. Let's take that. Um, Richard from Committee Three Tema says, "Please can can't this virus be infected with any other known virus or disease in the world to help combat it with known <laughs> medicines once and for all?" <laughs> I don't know how that works, Doctor. <laughs> That's a very interesting uh, theory that is suggesting that. To infect the virus with another virus. virus yeah. Okay, so uh, well, maybe he maybe he knows something some genetic reengineering. So yeah. you know, like I said, it's just uh, the virus is just a uh, RNA particle, particle. Uh, RNA uh, RNA structure, and then it's covered by by some protein, protein. coat layer. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe he knows something that uh, we so it would be good to work with uh, our colleagues in which to come up with something very exciting okay, okay. Why not? all right so let's switch to some prevent prevention measures um we've heard a lot about social distancing how do we dis- social distance in in a small house let's say a family in a small house now they are on lockdown how do they social distance or once they are home the assumption is that they are not getting into contact with people outside, so they are protected. Well, before they get into the home, of course, they would have been exposed to some people from outside. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Then, 
then uh, okay, social distancing is needed. But social distancing is as much as possible. You try to keep uh, you don't huddle together. You don't keep in close contact with each other. Even if you have to sit together to watch television, try and keep some space amongst yourself. Ensure there's adequate ventilation in your in your home, mm-hmm. and that these are the things that would help yeah. to actually reduce the load of the virus. If it, even if one of one of the family members has the virus and is releasing the virus into the air by improving ventilation in the rooms and in the, in the home, you will actually reduce the bed, the, the, the load or the dosing of the uh, virus in the air so that people don't get easily infected. Okay. So it's still possible to separate to keep social distancing at home. At home. Yeah. Okay. Um, doctor, I've realized that um, there is this um, growing, um, should I say, is it fashion or um, uh, a trend? Uh, that people, because they are on lockdown, they feel the need to work out, you know. And these days, when I close, I'm going home, I see a lot of people um, jogging, out jogging, and um, the distance between them, you know, is quite close. Because talking about the fact that um, now the virus is known to suspend in the air, I mean, it's their yeah. droplets, so eventually they'll drop but they are a uh-huh. bit lighter so they can suspend in the air for a long time oh, is, wow. is it not is it not a, a dangerous practice well it it, it is uh, because of the concept of separating or keeping a social distance mm-hmm. yes it is uh, we're still running risk mm-hmm. of people if they are too close together to infect themselves so as much as possible even when we are talking or we are exercising together we can still keep some space when you keep space, when we, we separate ourselves, we're able to even be more effective in uh, doing our exercises. So it's okay to still keep social, some social distance from each other. Okay. All right. Social distancing is very important. Um, the face mask. Um, we, we've heard a lot about the use of face masks. I mean, if it's you, you cough or whatever and it comes out as droplets, if you have a face mask and you are already um, infected, it means that you prevent other people from easily um, catching it. And uh, if yes. you, you you are uh, free from it also and you have a face mask, it means that um, you don't breathe it in for you to get an infection. But what is the uh, proper procedure? Um, there is talk of a procedure that you can use um, in, the, in, in the use of these face masks. Otherwise, you defeat its purpose. Can you walk us through? Yes. Uh, it's, it's difficult to do this fully on radio. radio. <laughs> it, 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 it's easier when you're demonstrating it Pictorially for people to yeah. see. So, in, in, within these times, there are different types of masks that are coming up, but we will categorize them largely into uh, three types: the fabric masks, mm-hmm. where everybody is using mm-hmm. some fabric, mm-hmm. uh, homemade fabric masks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what it does is you just try and keep whatever you have uh, contained close to your face, so whatever you are releasing doesn't get beyond the mask or reduces significantly how much goes through the material of the mask and so on. Then you have the surgical or the medical masks, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, the doctors often use in hospitals. It, it, it does the same thing. It's a lighter material, but because it's stronger, it's able to separate, to stop whatever you have from getting out and spreading around. Okay. It's the same principle as the fabric mask okay. uses. Right. And then you have the, the, the respirators. Mm-hmm. Now the respirators are the the what I'll call the top of the range. Mm-hmm. So the respirators actually, when you when, when you're using them effectively, creates a complete air seal mm-hmm. around your face, so that whatever you release from your mouth and from your nose actually does not go through the texture of the material. Okay. It doesn't go through the material and come out. So the respirators actually that's what we call the N95. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. There are fake ones on the market, so people need to be careful what they buy when it comes to this N95. So the N95 actually, uh, most most importantly, uh, prevents uh, 95% of all these uh, microorganisms from exiting. So you're able to keep it all, yeah. It's usually tested to organisms that are about the size of 1 to the power 9. Minus, so the size of viruses, organisms about the size of viruses. Okay, all right, doctor. Yeah. Um, quickly, let's touch, let's touch about cars. We have a minute, 
Um, we have a minute to do two things. So um, quickly run us through how, quickly, very quickly, one mi- under one minute. All right. So yes. I think with the cars, it, it's interesting. I see a lot of people wearing face masks in cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say about it. Sometimes I think it's just an, an overkill. But, well, yeah, whatever it is. If, if they think it works well for them, maybe they should just go for it. But I, I would not. If you're just alone in your car, there's really no big deal. Most importantly, when it comes to cars, it's all about disinfecting the uh, steering wheel, the door handles, because you park in town, nobody could touch your door handle. These are, I mean, so the use of the hand sanitizer, washing your hands before you sit in your car or immediately get out for your car. If you have a hand sanitizer inside your car, you use it, apply it as much as possible. Oh, okay. It is very important. Thank you, Dr. I, I would, I would really want to talk maybe in a few seconds about this rising stigma. I think that we need to really talk about it. There's a lot of stigma coming. Somebody goes to test for COVID-19. You have 15 seconds. And then the whole, yeah, the whole family begins to shun them because they think they already have the disease. That is wrong. Anybody who has COVID-19 or even can get cured and they don't transmit the, the virus. So please, let's protect people. Let's and support people who have, who have been cured and let's not stigmatize people. Okay. Well, please, it's very important. Let's not stigmatize people because okay. of COVID. Thank you. Thank for, you. Thank you so much, Dr. Noti. Dr. Ni Noti Hansen Noti is a country manager of Orum Institute. Um, if you joined us today on the auto show on City 97.3 FM, I've been your host, Eddie Poku. Bye for now. Fun, 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 now the daddy took the t away. Fun, 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 now the daddy took the t away. Fun, 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 now the daddy took the t away.